Hey, Flipside. Charlie here, and I got Harrison, and Curtis is not with us. He's kind. Of, he's had a rough year, a lot rougher than the rest of us. So uh, he's kind of opted out of Flipside for the temporarily. So we don't know when Curtis will be back, but we support him in this decision. So, anyways, today we're going to talk about news, and we're going to talk about some Blu-ray releases, and then we're going to review a couple Blu-rays and DVDs. And we're going to review the new Dawn of the Dead box set from Second Sight, as well as the Gamera box set from Arrow. Uh, both of them are pretty incredible releases, so that's going to be a lot of fun. But first off, on news, there's a lot of Black Friday uh, deals going on right now. Severin's putting one out, and Vinegar Syndrome's putting one out, and I, pretty much everybody is uh criterion has a barnes and noble sale that's been going on for a while i don't know if that's ended or not i think it's still going on in it i think it's still going on until maybe december 1st or something like that i think okay so yeah get on that and um we'll give you some recommendations today uh for what to buy but so did you partake in any of the sales harrison um yeah i um I participated in um, Vinegar Syndrome sales. I got uh, Spookies, which I think that came out last Black Friday. Um, but, uh, yeah, just decided to get that one. Um, looks like there's a lot of cool practical effects in that, and it just looks like pretty hilarious uh, movie. And uh, I also got Cemetery of Terror. It's the Mexican 80s... Uh, zombie movie. Oh, okay. So, so I picked those up. So that was from Vinegar Syndrome. Yeah. And were you on there like at midnight, or did you just wait? Nah, I just waited. I mean, okay. I, you know the um, Spookies, the slip covers, definitely not available anymore. Yeah. You know, if, do I care too much about that? No, but I mean, I guess if it's yeah. a couple bucks more, if it's a dollar or two more, then why not? But. Yeah, me with slipcovers is, I don't really care about them, but if it's included, that's cool. Yeah. Exactly. But I'm not going to go out of my way. But, um, so I got on Vinegar Syndrome at midnight because I wanted to get Rad. Oh, yeah. There's only 200. Mm-hmm. And I got there, I'm on there at midnight, and, um, you know, it has the whole, the site's down for right now. And then at uh, 12.01... I refreshed. I found Rad, added to my cart. Twelve oh two, it was sold out. Jesus so I didn't, Christ! So I didn't get it. I stayed up all night. I had to work real early the next morning too. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I didn't get Rad. That's all I really wanted. I did uh, get the Beastmaster 4K box set. I had to get cool. that because uh, Don Coscarelli. I don't know. I, I I guess I'm wrong on this, but I, I had always thought Don Coscarelli didn't own the rights to Beastmaster, and that's why it never was released. Uh, you know, it was in like copyright hell. And then recently, he bought the rights back and let Vinegar Syndrome do a Blu-ray release. That's how I understood it, but somebody told me that was not correct. But regardless, uh, Beastmaster never even really got a DVD release. Uh, I think it did in the. 
as a region B, but as far as region A, it never got released on DVD. Hmm. I have the VHS. Yeah, I see it right here, actually. And um, it's a really good movie. Um, Growing up, uh, it was one of my brother's favorite movies. He he named one of our cats Beastmaster, so we had a cat for about 15 years called Beastmaster. (laughs) Nice. I don't know if you remember Beastmaster, Harrison. Actually, I do remember Beastmaster. Yeah. So I had to get that one. Um, But, I mean, I could have waited. I didn't have to get Beastmaster at midnight. Oh, no. You didn't have to worry about that selling out. So, yeah, I was pissed. Um, And then I did, while while I was up, I went ahead and um, did the Severin. Yeah. And I bought, I only bought No Way Home. I didn't buy anything else. Okay. Yeah, I didn't get anything from from Severin uh, this year. Yeah, but the... The uh, No Way Home uh, looks really great. Comes with a CD. It's directed by the guy, of course, that made Combat Shock. Oh yeah, that's right, Buddy. Mm. Yeah, Gazzoni or whatever. I can't even. Yeah, something like yeah. I'm too Midwestern to pronounce uh, Italian. Yeah, last names, but. And then Tim Roth is in it. Yeah, and uh, it looks pretty good. I I had I didn't know anything about it till. Uh, Severin announced it and then even then I was like nah I don't think I'll get that but then I looked at the trailer the trailer looked really good and then when it comes to the CD that kind of makes me want to get it more yeah oh yeah but um when I had I did have Rad and Beastmaster both in my cart like a 1201 and I hesitated for just a second because the total for both of these before shipping and handling, which I probably would have got shipping and handling free. Maybe I don't know if Severn does like a over so much it's free. But before shipping and handling, it I was sitting at seventy four dollars for two Blu rays. Really? And I did hesitate for just literally a second. Yeah. I think those are in four K though, right? Yeah. Yeah, those are but both still, 4K. Two items. I know. I was like, oh my God. It's so expensive. And uh so I was almost a little relieved, actually, when uh, it was sold out. Yeah. Because then I was only spending uh, 30-something. But here's the thing. Like, these companies just keep getting worse and worse with this shit. Especially Vernegar Syndrome and Se- Severin today just... Or Severin this year, you know, kind of got on my shit list a little bit because they mark their prices up even more now. Oh, mar- yeah. They keep marking them up, marking them up, and then... Vinegar Syndrome just, they both say up to, I think they both say up to 50% off. So, on most. It's like some of them aren't even on sale. You know? Right. And I mean, a company doesn't need to do stuff on sale. I'm not saying that. But here's the thing. No one's going to, well, I, people are. I mean, that's the problem. It's not really the companies. It's the people that are like, oh, yeah, we'll pay it. Yeah, it's the the collector mentality. But it's like we got to pay fucking 30 some dollars for a Blu-ray. Yeah. Know, for one movie? Come on. That's ridiculous. Like I usually like to stay at about $20 on a new Blu-ray release. Sure. And you know, now now we're now, you know, we've normalized 34, 35, 37 for yeah. a, for a Blu-ray release. And um you know, if they're willing to pay, crazy, it, yeah. you know, the companies are going to keep putting putting those out even higher and higher. 
Um, but yeah. Uh, one company I feel like is still offering deals with their sales is Arrow UK. Oh yeah, definitely. And you know they're they're putting stuff out. You know they they have some of their Blu-rays for like seven dollars. I think it's a seven pounds. So that's okay. Like, that's that's about like what ten something like that dollars or something like that. So yeah. that's not bad at all. And then um, uh, Severin actually, I would have said Severin last year does pretty good on their sales. Um, but yeah, um, this year. And I'm not going to name any names, but uh, one of the guys that runs the site for Severin, he's kind of making an ass of himself on his um, Facebook page. And, I mean, you have the right to vent. I'm sure it's a pain in the ass dealing with customers all the time, especially. Sure. Like, I saw a guy that was like, it, it was the day of Black Friday. He's like, hey, when are you going to ship these out? Ship my order out. <laughs> oh, God. Like, that kind of shit would get to me if I was yeah. on the site. But here's the thing. You know, don't put your dirty laundry on Facebook, I always say. Oh, hell no. Um, you know, if you want to rant shit, just make a private page, just good friends. But this is a public page. It went on all all the forums, Blu-ray.com. Uh, uh, Donald Disc didn't get into it, luckily. They usually stay out of it, unless you're Dark Force. But um, basically, in, in all the Facebook groups, we're talking about it. But basically, this guy, he's just talking mad shit to the fans he's saying stuff like well maybe if you didn't kick us when we were down last summer when our site went down we wouldn't raise all the prices and blah 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 blah. and you know he's just making an ass of himself saying the stupidest shit pretty much saying he literally saying fuck you fans you know tired you know all this stuff and um when you generalize like that your fan base it's not good you know and i you know i can see it i'm not friends with them or anything like that and i saw it on this page and uh, just unprofessional, um, you, you know, you're running a company. Uh, your main focus needs to be making money, not ranting yeah. about customers. So, uh, you know, that kind of drama shit's going on all the time in this industry. And uh, I guess it keeps things exciting. <laughs> That's true. Gives us something to talk about. But... Uh, the Criterion Barnes and Noble sale. Uh, those, I I I only have a problem with that. They say fifty percent off. If Criterion was just more upfront and was like, ah, it's more like twenty percent off. Oh yeah. Instead of twenty seven dollars, we're selling our Blu rays for twenty. Exactly. I'd be like, okay, cool. I'll buy them. And that's the way I look at it. But when you're up there saying fifty percent off, come on. And then the Blu-ray's twenty dollars. Like, yeah, you you know damn well you ain't gonna be selling a Blu-ray for forty fucking dollars. Nobody's gonna Hell buy that no. shit. But yeah, if you're gonna get uh, Criterion, get on that now. Um, I found the best thing to do. I, I guess it's different for different folks, but I like to order online and then just pick up at the store. Oh yeah, but then some people like the some people like the thrill of the hunt. You know, going through each disc and doing all that stuff my problem is there's always a bunch of people over there and oh yeah you know they might grab i actually had that happen we're, and we're gonna be talking about this movie but i went there to pick up brute force and i was like eh, i'll go to the store and just get it myself and kind of you know look around at other movies uh and this guy literally right in front of me picked it up 
picked up brute force and i'm thinking oh should have bought it online (laughs) yeah but um yeah i mean the way i think of it is if you want to pick up some criterion stuff then it's perfect timing for you mm-hmm. is it a major sale to go out and add a bunch of stuff that you're kind of on the fence about probably not nah. but yeah I mean I would recommend getting uh, pretty much anything from Criterion uh, nowadays they don't really have a bad movie in the oh yeah when they were doing like the DVDs and and stuff they kind of every once in a while would have a title where you're like what and now they're even getting more into um cult stuff you know like picking up the john waters movies even even that though john waters is a bit artsy but like godzilla yeah i remember like like 2016 that got released put my phone on silent but when they released Godzilla, I was really shocked by that one. Then, like, Night of the Living Dead. Um, yeah. They're, they're putting out some cool stuff. They're not our label of choice, though, I don't think, are they? No, not really. It <laughs> used to be, and, and then I kind of bought most of the things that I was really, you know, really wanted to have as just part of the collection. So, yeah. I think Arrow's doing I think Barnes & Noble's also has Arrow 50% off. Well, ah. fif- well, you know, 50% off the MSRP. Yeah, but. and uh, I've seen a lot of people going to Barnes and Nobles and picking up Arrow titles, and they have the standard Blu-ray jewel cases. Oh yeah, that's right. Arrow. So um, be ran careful of that. I did see something that it was a temporary measure on their Twitter. Okay, so good. The clear cases will be coming back eventually. Okay, that'll be good because I got all my Arrow titles down there, and they look really good together. Oh yeah, that looks great. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Criterion, I've always kind of like, they put, they've put out some good shit. I mean, they put out, and and Criterion is probably the best, uh, Blu-ray release company as far as like specs and, uh, dedication and special features because I think like Detour uh, that came out last year. It took them 10 years to make that. And they had to edit the movie scene by scene. Or frame by frame. Because um, the only surviving thir- 35 negative was uh, subtitled. And the subtitles were sketched into the print. Oh. And damn. so they had to digitally go in frame by frame. And get rid of the subtitles by painting over. Oh God! They, ha- they have to. Ha- they had to have an artist, like one of the best artists <laughs> they could ridiculous. find, come in and paint. And you can't tell when you watch the movie. You can't tell at all. There's That's not awesome. a single frame where you could think you could be like, "Oh, they put." You know, it's perfect. And that's because, you know, 15 years ago they could have released Detour. And they could have just been like, hey, it's subtitled and there's nothing we can do about getting those off of there. Right. Which is, you know, something, uh, you know, some companies would do. But uh, Criterion's like, no, we'll uh, spend 15 years. And they're not not spending 15 years sitting on it either. They're like, 
every day it, it's like they got somebody working on that shit. It was like 10 years worth of. Yeah. So if you want a lot of painstaking work and dedication in your titles. Yeah. You can't. Yeah. I mean, you can't argue with that. Yeah. Whereas, I, whereas I feel in, in synapse is like that too for the cult sign. I think Synapse is like super hardcore strict about it has to be absolutely perfect before it releases. But Severin, uh, you know, Vinegar Syndrome, even Shout sometimes, um, they're like, eh, you know, they'll they'll put in. Uh, I don't I don't think we see that sort of dedication, especially Vinegar Syndrome. Um, they give even though they're put the Vinegar Syndrome is putting out titles that like shouldn't even be out on Blu-ray, but are thank God. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, like, I mean they're, I'm glad they're out, but it's like it really shouldn't be. Yeah, a couple of their titles <laughs> actually I had on Toxie's Toxie's top three or whatever the trauma releases. Yeah, Cause yeah, because I have Daphne's uh, Revenge is one of them. That's yeah, and and Play Dead, Play Dead, and Blood Hook, uh, Luther the Geeks, almost. another one that yep. was on Toxie's. Trauma, uh, top ten. Yep, and then they're putting off. They're putting out all those like softcore porns and stuff. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I'm not dogging any of these companies. You know, thank God for all of them. Um, but yeah, the prices are getting insane. <laughs> yeah. Know? It's about to drive you nuts. But um, yeah. So get on those sales. Spend some money. That's what capitalism's all about, anyways. Yep. <laughs> They're saying, "Hey, if you're gonna you spend pay money. for this, then we're gonna we're gonna see how high we can make it for you." Guys, stop paying. Pretty much, yep. And though that all of those companies have dedicated fans, like Criterion has hardcore dedicated fans, Vinegar yeah. Syndrome hardcore dedicated fans, Severin, Vinegar Syndrome, Vinegar Syndrome, and Severin have hardcore fans that are dedicated to them that like shit on them all the time now. That's true. There is like an Arrow is really good about their releases. You know, making sure everything's tip top, and then the special features are always insane. Yeah, I would say Severin is probably the best if you like getting a little extra nifty stuff because you know how they have like mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. they put out um, Horror of Spider Island figures yep. for Black Friday, and they had the Jess Franco Christmas yep. tree topper. I think it was awesome. Yeah, so lots of stuff and like that. And they had the uh, plush of George Eastman. Oh, yeah, plushie. that's right. Which George Eastman ended up getting the last copy of that. That's awesome. Or the last... Uh... Okay, fuck, I don't care about that. Okay. So, now as far as uh, new movies coming out, uh, you know, obviously it's a bit slowed down. But there has been some really good stuff to come out um, that we've watched this year. We've either watched them at like Skyline, I guess, or but like those indie movies. And I'm still confused about those movies that Brandon showed for the indie sensation, like the year release years for those. Oh yeah, kind of all over the place. Yeah. but they were supposed to be new. Mm-hmm. Um, Parasite. Did you end up watching Parasite? Oh, Parasite. And I think that was like 2019, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. The uh, Korean movie. Yeah. Yeah. That one, I really enjoy that one. 
Yeah, that actually Did just, you hear just that beep? Just, I think it's just in my headphones. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Criterion actually just put that out, too. Yeah, Criterion put out Parasite, and uh, I, I watched that recently, and it was really, really good. Uh, I recommend anyone watching that. Yeah, they also have a... They did, for a limited amount of time, a black-and-white version. Oh, really? In theaters, yeah. Uh-huh. And Criterion put that out, too. Huh. Which I'm not sure if it really adds a whole lot to it, but... Yeah. So my something. question's always, like, with those, why not just, like, turn your TV back and white? That's true. <laughs> I know with, like, Mad Max, um, when they did the black and white of um, the newer Mad Max one. What was that one called? Oh, yeah. Um, the Fury Road. Fury Road. Yeah. Um, I remember that, too, in theaters. They did, like, the, the chrome. Run. Yeah. They did that chrome version. Yeah. And that one actually looked like it was, like... I mean, you couldn't do that with your television, so right, like make it look like that. But um, yeah, I don't get that. I don't think. Yeah. And uh, but that's like a thing now. I don't know if it's just, just a way for the the studios to put something out again, or if it's actually you know, actually, hey, we think this adds to to how you view the film. I guess probably a little bit of both. Because my problem, so my problem with making something black, retro making something black and white is the same problem I have with retroing a black and white movie to color. Because when you make a movie, you're actually like, they're doing it. You have a guy that's lighting for color. Yeah. So when they made Parasite, you're lighting for color. And you're saying, okay, this looks really good. And you have a team of people that are deciding that this is the best lighting for the color and the shot and everything like that. So when you black, make it black and white, you're losing that. And same thing with when they film a movie in black and white. They're lighting for it in black and white, like film noirs. No, I've yeah. never seen a colorized film noir. I'm sure that would look terrible. But um, I'm sure they exist, too. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, I don't. I'm not into that at all. Um, because yeah, you're, you're lighting specifically for either black or white or color. There's that one movie, uh, if that criterion has out, um, it's got, uh, um, Malcolm McDowell in it. Oh. And there was parts that were filmed in color and then parts that were filmed in black and white. Hmm. And you couldn't figure out why the black and white parts were black and white. Well, comes to find out. Every time they filmed in the chapel, they had to film in black and white because they didn't have enough time in the chapel. Like they were only able to film there like so many hours. Hmm. They had, okay. They didn't were, weren't able to uh, light it for color. Really? So they just wow. Black and white. That's crazy. Yeah, it's kind of like Tabor Master. Wasn't yeah, it? I was just thinking <laughs> black the same and thing. white and color. <laughs> <laughs> but we had like a reason behind that because like the black and white stuff is supposed to be past. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, so I was watching the movie, and I was like, what in the world? And then I had to research it. Yeah, that's kind of a cool story, though. Yeah, and um, so as for as far as Blu-ray releases we got coming up, it's pretty incredible. Uh, the um, Fu Manchu box set from 
uh, indicator came out. And uh, <clears throat> I don't know if you should buy that or not, actually, because for one, it's region B. So that's going to throw a lot of people off. Mm-hmm. And two, I mean, you can buy those movies on Blu-ray from... Oh, who put those out? I think it was Blue Underground. Oh, okay. So you can buy those movies on Blu-ray from Blue Underground. Way cheaper. Uh, but the box set looks fucking incredible. And the, the indicator box sets, I have a few of them. Um, they're awesome. And they're real uniform. They look really good together. But, uh, yeah, that's up to you, I guess. You know, get that region free Blu-ray player. I recommend everybody that's a collector needs to get that. They're putting out the uh, Sukiyaki Western Django collection. Um, and that that collection, or that movie is actually really, really good. Uh, I own it from like a Western compilation DVD. And uh, I can't complain about it. And let's see here. Uh, MVD Rewind Collections is putting out Mind Games. That's a good one. And, oh, so Scorpion Releasing is putting out uh, Voyage into Space, which, if you look at the, uh, you might not have heard of the film, but if you look at the monster or the robot in it, um, you should recognize him, because they they always, like, play snippets of him in movies and stuff to show somebody's watching some ridiculous movie, and it's, like, an extremely ridiculous um, kaiju movie. Yeah, I don't think I've seen that. Let me uh, voyage into space. And Scorpion releasing is putting that out, so it's going to be pretty badass. Oh yeah, he kind of looks like a pharaoh almost. Yeah, but he's like just metal. Yeah, um, <clears throat> there's like a lot of monsters and stuff in it too. It's pretty cool. I remember watching it a long time ago. But they got the slipcover and everything. Scorpion releasing is, is a great company. <clears throat> and then they have uh so Arrow Arrow's been doing a lot of these like uh you know what are those called like pink they're doing like those Japanese torture movies oh okay and uh so the new one they got coming out is Shogun's Joy of Torture and I'll probably pick that one up I'm kind of a fan of like the Japanese torture sort of sexploitation films that came out. And Arrow seems to be putting out a ton of those for some reason. And I'm not complaining. And then Arrow Arrow's kind of going nuts lately. They've put, been putting out a ton of stuff. And a lot of these next ones are going to be Arrow. But the El Deuce tapes. The El Deuce tapes is um, a VHS collection VHS footage collection of uh, a band called the uh, Mentors. They're kind of a shock rock band, um, kind of like the Murder Junkies. So they're doing like all sorts of crazy self mutilation and crazy shit on stage. And this is a collection of that. I don't think it's any sort of linear storyline or anything, or a documentary or anything. It just sounds like, huh? That seems from weird. The, uh, from the uh, synopsis, it just seems like it's just like a collection of concerts. Huh. And me and Harrison were talking about this earlier, and we thought, that's really weird. Yeah. That Arrow would put something out like that. 
But you know, I'm all for it for sure. I'll probably uh I'll probably pick that one up, actually. And then there Arrow's putting out Beyond Reanimator. Uh I don't really recommend that movie, but if you're into Reanimator, uh it's a must have. And then they're uh putting out Demons one and two again, but this time they're putting it out in a collection box set. And it looks pretty cool. It looks like you get the mask, uh it looks like you get a golden ticket. Uh, theater ticket for like the showing. Oh the yeah, movie, you know, because like Demon Demons uh, takes place in the movie theater. That's pretty cool. And then, um, so definitely not worth a double dip if you already have the Arrow releases of Demons One and Two. But if you don't, which I think most people probably one, I think that I think One and Two was like a limited release and it's out of print now, if I'm not mistaken. But that's a way for you to re get it. And it, it looks way better than the single version releases. And then uh, Vinegar Syndrome's putting out the long-awaited Fade to Black. Uh, that's a movie that's been in licensing hell. I don't think it ever even got a DVD release. A really big VHS um, movie. Like if you look, if you go onto the uh, VHS forums on Facebook and stuff, everybody always talks about Fade to Black. That's like one of the. Oh okay. That's like one of the big ones everybody always talks about, and then it's actually a really really good movie. It's real famous in the uh, bootleg market too. So. Oh yeah. Those, those guys are gonna lose out because I know, I know a uh, bootbox, uh, dropped it from their listings. Now that Vinegar Syndrome puts out there. Even though they're bootleggers, they are they do have honor um, because they will not, especially Bootbox. I, th- I think they're one of the best, but um, they usually drop a title once it gets released on Blu-ray. Hmm. So. so it might be something like at Cinema Wasteland or a convention like that. Yeah, that people distribute and yeah go on about. Um. And the movie's really good. It's about this guy that works like in a film lab, and he's obsessed with movies. But he's he's obsessed with like old like older movies. Like I think White Heat is one of his favorite movies. Uh, so he's like obsessed with like the black and white movies, and his life kind of goes out of control. But uh, if you want to watch the movie um, and not buy the Blu-ray, you can watch it on. Shutter. Oh, nice. And that Shutter releases the Vinegar Syndrome 4K restoration they did, so it looks hmm. really good. Uh, you got Martial Law 1 and 2 coming out from Vinegar Syndrome. Uh, I've never watched either one of those, but I'm into those sort of like action movies like that. And uh, Vinegar Syndrome is also putting out Silent Madness. Uh, I don't know anything about that one, but... Uh, Mark Hoyk, uh is a big fan, so maybe that's enough of an approval. And uh, the uh, and then there's the uh, January uh, titles were revealed for Vinegar Syndrome's sale. Uh, it's going to be Satan's Blood is one of them. Uh, House of Usher, not Fall of the House of Usher. Um, 
And then uh, Cthulhu Man- Mansion. That's not that movie we watched, is it? What was that one movie we watched that was like black and white? Oh, we yeah. Watched it back in the. Right, yeah. Now. The Call of Cthulhu. Call of Cthulhu, okay. No, yeah. I is don't this know. Is like that a is. sequel to that, mate? Probably I don't know. Not. That's interesting, though. And then uh, Dark Tower. So. Bit of a lackluster reveal, in my opinion, but. And let's see. I think that just about does it. Uh, You got the Jess Franco Christmas tree topper. We already talked about that. (laughs) If my wife would let me have that on the Christmas tree, I probably would buy it. What was it? It was like $40? Uh, I don't know, but I think it was up there. And then the uh, No Way Home, you know, obviously, that's going to be awesome. We already talked about that, but that... When you include the CD, they need to do that more often. Yeah, definitely. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I love the Beyond Grindhouse releasing that has the soundtrack. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They did a couple. Because I have the Cannibal for Rocks comes with a soundtrack. I wish the Duke Mitchell collection came with a soundtrack. Oh, that would be awesome. (laughs) Uh, The Beyond Beyond came with it. Cannibal for Rocks, Cannibal Holocaust, Cat in the Brain. They had a bunch of, I think Grindhouse, I've always said Grindhouse is one of my favorite release companies, that's why. They always, yeah. They always seem to include a CD soundtrack. And actually, um, they just put out The Swimmer again. They had it out on like a standard Blu-ray release. And they put The Swimmer out on a three disc box set, CD included. Yeah, how is that anyways? It's great. Uh, the Swimmer... Um, it's got Burt Lancaster in it. It's not like anything Grindhouse has ever put out. Yeah. It's not like anything any of the boutique labels have ever put out. It seems like something Criterion would put out. Yeah. I remember watching the trailer and just thinking, what? You know, what is this? What? Yeah. So basically it's just a character study um, because the plot is that there's this guy, Burt Lancaster, and... He's going to swim home because he realizes that every house on his way home has a pool. <laughs> and so he's going to swim. He, he he starts at one end and he goes to the other. Then he moves on to the next house. Yeah. But each house he goes to is a progression in his character and you learn more about him. Because hmm. at the first house, like, everybody knows him and hasn't seen him in a long time. And they're like, where have you been? You know, it's so good to see you. And, like... He's real nice, and they're real nice, and like, man, this is a real, you know, great guy. And then the next house, um, saying the people are like, hey, man, it's been I haven't seen you for so long. But then at the very uh, the last person he kind of runs through right before he's about to leave the house is this mom, and she's like, you haven't been around, you uh, you don't even realize he, you know, my son passed, and blah blah blah. Okay. Each, each house he gets to that's closer to his house, people know more about his, um, they, they know more about his more new life that, you know what I mean? They, mo- yeah. they know more about his like personal dirty laundry kind of thing. Gotcha. Um, so it's really cool. Um, it gets really dark towards the end and, um, yeah, it's a really good movie. I def I highly recommend it. 
And I hadn't listened to the soundtrack CD yet. I don't remember the soundtrack being anything special when I watched it, but I could be wrong. But yeah, that collection's definitely worth it just for the special features. There's a, a document. There's like a two-hour documentary on the swimmer and all this stuff. But it's like a. It's like one of the. It's just a really good character study, and it's really um, has a lot of twists and turns to it. So it's. It's a lot of fun. But yes, nothing like Grindhouse were put out. So if you're one of those people that always just wants to watch gore and violence and, you know, horror and stuff like that, it's not that at all. It's not in the horror genre at all. Hmm. It's just a drama. Uh, But that's out. And uh, we'll... We'll do a in-depth Blu-ray review of that. We've got it on our table for our Blu-ray re- or our Blu-ray review section. So uh, we're gonna take a break, and when we get back, we'll get into those. When I was little, my father was famous. He was the greatest samurai in the empire, and he was the shogun's decapitator. He cut off the heads of 131 lords for the Shogun. So beautiful, be so weird, so sinister, so terrifying. Now, this shocking motion picture plunges you into a witch's cauldron of incredible excitement, exposing the savage reality behind the song, the legend, the mystery of Whiskey Mountain. It takes a lot of guts to go up Whiskey Mountain. Only problem is, you might never come down. something that actually happened as an event yeah yeah so um as far as like events and stuff we haven't had much going on except at the skyline we've had some really cool stuff happen lately um let's see when was that a couple weekends ago yeah sometimes it's earlier in november i think wasn't it yeah um they were showing let me see if I can remember. They were showing Frighteners and Freaky. Was the uh, double feature? Oh, okay, yeah, because Freaky's a new uh, thing that 
a new yeah, movie like that actually movie. came out. Yeah, it's talked about a happy death day to you. Oh yeah, or happy death day. Nice. Uh, but anyways, so Mark Hoyt calls me up and he's like, um, "I want to come down to the skyline because I'm in Ohio, but um, do you think you could talk Don into showing something more?" Uh, you know, our style. Because, I mean, I, I really like The Frighteners. You know, I'm a big Peter Jackson fan. But I wasn't too excited about Freaky, so I was just going to skip skip it, you know, that week. And uh, Mark's like, why don't you talk to Don and get him to show something really, you know, good for like a third feature. And so I go, okay. So I called Don up and I go, what's the best thing you got? Mark, let's, you know, you want to get Mark Quick down here. What are you going to show him? It's got to be something super rare. He's like, well, I, you know, I got this movie nobody's ever heard of. Um, you know, it's a lost film. It's called Raw Love. And my first thought was like, oh, that's probably a porno. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I don't want to, you know, I don't want to show porn. I, I'm not a big fan of when they're showing the pornos. Because, like, every porno from back then is like a lost film now, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because those movies aren't, like, as revered and restored as. Yeah. But Don's like, no, 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 this movie's made in the early 60s. It's not porno. Um, it's If anything, it's more like a Russ Myers film. Okay. I'm like, okay, let's show it. Cause, and he's like, N- you, you'll never ever see it again. So I called Joe and I said, hey, you know, for the special, for, for a third, fe- can we have a third feature, basically? And Joe being as close as he is, yeah, we got it. So that's how that, that's how the whole Raw Law thing came about, is just Mark Hoyk. Talking to me, me talking to Don, and then me talking to Joe. Hmm, okay. Um, but yeah, Raw Love was really good. It's black and white. It was kind of early Russ Myers film, and Russ Myers was just evolving from the nudies because he had he had a couple of those movies that were just had no plot, were just like nudie films. Okay. But this one has a bit of a. This one's kind of like it's it's kind of stuck in the middle. I call it the missing link between nudie films and like sexploitation films okay. with like plots and stuff like that but the uh were you there did you see it um no i was not there okay yeah it was a little uh it's getting pretty pretty chilly out at night yeah so i, I definitely take my hat off to people that hunkered down for it it was weird that night though because um i think it was like 40 i think it was like in the low 40s but then hmm. when raw love came on it it was 56 degrees oh it was really warm okay, yeah. we were all standing outside yeah. that'd be great so Raw Love is just this black and white movie about these moonshine. This he's like they call him Poppy or something. Like, I I forget now. But anyways, I have I have my detail review on the synopsis. But it's about this moonshining guy, and he's drink. My favorite part is he's drinking moonshine straight from the like the copper dropper. Oh yeah, where he's like, like, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's just a moonshine movie with a lot of sex scenes. So it's kind of like it's kind of like when they set up like a porno scene yeah but then they don't actually show the sex so it's got a okay. lot of really corny s- people like it's almost like a sex comedy okay but there's a lot of nudity um no sex and uh yeah you'll never be able to watch it so <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> now, now you've heard talking about, it. about it but it's really good it's like but if you watch any russ myers film it's going to be the same so you're not missing it's not like the world's missing out too much yeah but if that was to ever get a blu-ray release yeah i would buy it 
I really enjoy, I really had a lot of fun with the movie. It was a lot of fun. And uh we took pictures and posted credits, and uh, Steven actually created an IMDb, IMDb page for it. Oh, yeah, that's right. So. Because you guys have reviews of it. Right. Up on Letterboxd. Yeah, so uh, we, you know, we did what we could to try to restore it, but uh, Don does own a 35, so, I mean, it's something we could talk him into, if, you know, if you're interested. Uh, let us know, and we'll see if we can talk Don into another screening sometime. Yeah, maybe during the summer. But uh, then after that, Don put on a another missing reel. Um, now we didn't talk about this, but on Pandemonium, after we did the live show, uh, Don played this movie, and we watched three reels of it over the course of two days. Hmm. And Don, Don only knew it as Ducky because that's what one of the characters' name is. But it's this missing film. Well, we didn't know if it was missing, actually. He just had these film reels and there was no opening titles. And he, he didn't recognize anybody in it and stuff like this. So, we're playing this movie and it's, it's a pretty good like rape-revenge movie. Okay. And, um, you know, nobody knew what it was. So, Mark Hoyk, uh, went on forum, you know, really delved deep into it, found out the movie is called, like, um, Something of the Bride or something like that. You okay. I mean, so, like... Sure. So then Don's like, well, I'm going to sh- see if he can guess the title of this one. And he shows another missing reel. And that one was, like, this court drama, inheritance drama, turned into a... A lesbian three-way. <laughs> what? It was pretty That's awesome. That's really weird. Yeah, it was like this really straightforward suspense, like murder mystery, court drama, yeah, inheritance drama. And then all of a sudden, like at the end, uh, when the girls find out they're going to be rich because they got the inheritance, they just start lesing out. And <laughs> wow. Like, I'm talking like... That's crazy. You know, there's bush shots and everything in it. So Jesus. it's really bizarre. But yeah, Mark uh, Hoyk also... Uh, was able to find the title of that one. Nice. Thanks, Star Help, because we took pictures of the actors and stuff and um, took screenshots and different things like that. So, yeah. Uh, somebody on a porno uh, forum was able to get it. Was that. able to find it. Okay. There's, like a, there's like a vintage porno group on Facebook. I'm not a part of that, but some people are, and that's how we found out the title. Hmm. And it was like a porno, I guess, sort of. Okay. But the part I watched was really heavy on, like, story, so. That's weird. Yeah. (laughs) So if you like your pornos with a lot of linear, heavy storyline, then, you know, well, you can't watch that movie either. I think think they found (laughs) out it was, like, this lost film, too, so. But, yeah, and as far as, like, other um, Skyline events, you know, we had that Hammer Fest, which was awesome. And, um, gosh, I mean, everything, everything they did in October was insane. Yeah, definitely. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and then I kind of stopped in November, um, because, you know, I don't know. I, I was there like every weekend for like the past like four months. Yeah, sure. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, so Don has a lot, uh, Don actually, uh, 
Don and I are working on a list of his lost films that he owns. Okay. And cool. once we get that together, we'll try to um, see what we can do with that. What, wh- one thing I do is you got to be careful with Don because he'll say something's not important on that disc. So, <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, right. I'd really like to find out. Like, Towing is a perfect example of a lost film Don has that's just a straight up film. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Ginny gets on top as an exa- example of one that's just a straight up porno. Right. <laughs> that's what I assumed. Yeah. So, and I'll never forget that night Joe was on the intercom and um, Secret Life of Pets had just ended. Oh, and, man. And Joe goes, All right, coming up next is uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, followed by Ginny gets on top. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I laughed I was so hard there. at that. Yeah. Uh, and we knew it was going to be a porn on I me. Mean, oh, yeah. And then Don's like, no, no, it's not. You know, we're like 70s. It's called Jenny Get On Top. The plot <laughs> the plot's fo- the plot said something about, like, she's trying to break into the music industry and she'll do whatever it takes to get to the top or something like that. Okay, yeah. So it's like, mm, okay. Right. But, uh, so I want to find his last films that aren't porn off, I guess, basically. Yeah. And I would say Raw Love is not a porno. But it did play in a lot of uh, dirty theaters and stuff like that. Sure. So, All right, but when we get back, we'll do our Blu-ray reviews and our, our um, you know, D- I, we, we actually have some DVD releases because they were independent films that didn't get a Blu-ray release, so we're going to review the DVD of those. So anyway, stay tuned and we'll be right back. I've been uh, Mark Edward Hoyk, uh, the special guest for this episode. Uh, the sun, the sun is setting, and uh, in a few minutes, the first uh, film of the program, Rolling Thunder, will be starting. And uh, if you have uh, seen that film or the Ninth Configuration enough times, you know that Barry DeVore's on San Antone is the unofficial national anthem of uh, the drive-in set, which means we all need to stand at attention and be respectful. So. I just want to say it has been an enormous pleasure and privilege to sit in on this podcast episode and talk about uh, rare movies and the drive-in and collectibles and scary things and niche culture, and I am glad that you joined us to listen to this uh, sojourn tonight, and please... Keep uh, listening to the program, and please keep supporting anywhere and everywhere. They gather large numbers of people to watch a movie in the dark. taking another turn again. The days move along with regularity over and over, one day indistinguishable from the next, a long, continuous chain. Then suddenly, there is a change. 
Okay, Flipside, so now we're getting into our Blu-ray reviews of actual physical Blu-rays we've purchased and uh, are going to review. And we're also going to review, we got two DVDs, and we have like a digital, we have a movie that's not out yet. Well, no, the Blu-ray is out for this movie, actually. We'll start off with this uh, Final Caller, Todd Sheets' newest film. You can buy the Blu-ray for that. And... uh I'd imagine Wild Eye would put that out, but yeah. I think maybe you might have to buy it directly from Todd. I'm not 100% sure. Do you think he did a VHS of that too? Like, Yeah, he did like does. the VHS. Yeah, he did the whole like VHS and the Blu-ray and the DVD, so you can get either one of those. So keep an eye out for that. But yeah, Final Caller, me and Harrison watched that one. And um, I, I, I think it's one of Todd Sheets' best films that's come out in a while. Um, I liked it. I liked it better than Clownado and um, better than uh, Bone Hill Road. I'm, I don't know if I liked it better than um, Dreaming Purple Neon, though. But with Final Caller, don't you feel like he kind of went back to just the straight yeah. horror it's versus definitely more like... having like a... He still has the character study and stuff, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not quite as... I don't know, it's more kind of down-to-earth as far as a horror film goes. Yeah, and that's probably brand-new territory for Todd, actually, now to think about it. Yeah. Because <laughs> all of his movies always had some sort of weird supernatural or unnatural thing. Um, yeah. But th- this movie's just like a straight-up like murder, almost like a whodunit type of... Right. And it all takes place just in this... Um, radio station yeah that's right but uh, never at any point do you feel like um you don't ever feel like suffocated or anything you don't feel like it, the story suffocated at all because it only takes place in one spot it's not like i don't remember like when it was over i wasn't like oh i wish they would have had more like locations yeah I didn't feel like that it, it it didn't feel like it was like a cheap uh, easy way out like I felt like it, the, the story needed to take place in that yeah, one place. Yeah, it didn't really need a lot of locations because of the t- like the tightness of the story. Yeah, like you said, it's, it's just a really confined good story to where it is, and it doesn't need to rely on anything else. Yeah, and then the gore was really good in it. Yeah, <clears throat> I remember the main the main guy is kind of an anti hero kind of. He's, yeah, he's like an you kind of like hate him, but you, you also love him. Love him. Yeah. yeah. They they did a really good job with uh, his character development, and um, yeah, the movie's really good. It, you know, it has all the, it has all tall sheets folks in it. So yeah, no no use going down the cast list, but it does have everybody that's in all of his films. And uh, yeah, it was really good. Uh, Todd let us have an advanced screening of that, and we were going to do a, a review of it for you guys as soon as we were done watching it, which was a few months ago. Yeah, it's I think been we a while. watched it, like, beginning of October. I think, so. yeah, I think you're right. But, yeah. um, unfortunately, we dropped the ball on that, so, you know, whatever. But I, I, I put a uh, review up on Letterboxd, so you can check that out. And, uh, yeah, I definitely recommend watching Final Caller if you can. It's a really good touch sheets movie. And it kind of just sprang, sprung up on us. Like, yeah. you never saw anything uh, about it being made or anything like that. Um, the only hint I got about it was from um, 
Antoine, which was, he was telling me about, he was kind of telling me about there was this movie they've been working on for a while that nobody's ever, you know, that nobody was talking about that's going to come out. And I thought, no. And then uh, it actually got announced a few weeks, or it was a few months later. And then Antoine was, you know, actually talking more about the movie and stuff like that. So, yeah. And I think uh, we were going to watch it. Um, when we were uh, filming for the embalmers, but uh, ended up not. Hmm. But we we actually watched a whole bunch of movies with uh, Antoine while he was on set with us for the embalmers. Uh, we watched a bunch of his movies. That's cool. Yeah, that was kind of fun. But uh, yeah, check that one out. Uh, we'll try to post some stuff about the release of that so you can get the Blu-ray. So keep an eye out for Flipside's Facebook page. And then, um, so the next movie we're going to talk about is Nathan Rumler's movie, uh, newest movie, Amityville Vibrator. This movie's kind of been teased for a while, and it came out. And I bought the uh, DVD. <clears throat> I think at the time that was all that was available. I think since they've made a VHS, if I'm not mistaken. But I have the okay. uh, DVD of Amityville Vibrator. Now, I'm a big sucker for the Amityville movies, as you know. We've talked about that before. I don't like Amityville Horror, the the first movie. Really? Yeah. I huh. probably won't ever watch that movie again. Uh, I don't hate it. I just don't like it. But I love Amityville 2 and 3 and, you know, all those, like, haunted lamps and shit like that. Yeah. But, uh... So he made Amityville Vibrator, and I, I was talking to him on Facebook, uh, you know, private messaging him about how I was really excited about it because I like the Amityville stuff. And then if it's like a sexploitation Amityville movie, that's going to be pretty awesome. So uh, we were able to get a DVD of that, and it's just like a super sleazy, uh, as you could guess. And there's yeah. this really fun part. Harrison hasn't watched it, but I'm going to show it to him because he's going to – I'll let you borrow it cool. t- today. But um, there's this one part where there's like this puppet, but there's this really funny part where um, there's this like puppet. Kind of looks like the puppet from uh, the Goosebumps. You know what I'm talking oh, about? Oh yeah, yeah, sure. And it it's like the having dummy. sex with this real life, like real slutty looking chick. Oh really? Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, and um, there's a whole. It, it, it's got a bunch of like lesbian sex scenes with these really slutty looking chicks, and there's like bush and stuff getting put up, hmm. you know, all that kind of stuff's going on in it. So hmm. it's almost like a little bit like a porno. And then the movie comes to a screeching halt towards the middle way, um, where Nathan, the director, and some other girl are actually doing mushrooms. They actually went out into the woods, did mushrooms, and recorded it. Oh. Okay. And I don't know, uh, they probably shouldn't cool. have included that part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's really boring to watch somebody do sh- mushrooms in the forest, in my opinion. But Yeah. And they didn't add any effects like as if the viewer was on shrooms. You're just literally watching people on shrooms. That was my only gripe. Otherwise, the movie was fantastic. I mean, I really lo- liked it. Um, Yeah, just make sure you watch that one alone, probably. So. <laughs> oh, yeah, true. <laughs> uh... But yeah, I mean, you know, you're not. It's not like an Oscar winner or anything like that. But sure. uh, you know, it's a fun movie, and uh, Nathan is one of the few 
indie directors out there that is putting their movies out for reasonably priced. You know what I mean? Okay, yeah. Um, some some of these guys are putting out like their indie films for like thirty bucks. You know what I mean? Yeah. And even even when it's a DVD, and it's kind of like you know I don't really want to pay thirty dollars for. Now some of the independent stuff's worth it. Uh, you know, I would I would say like Lieutenant Jangles, Amazon Hotbox, you know, those kind of movies would be worth the thirty dollars, but they don't even charge thirty dollars. Right. So, yeah, I, that kind of turns me off a little bit when if you're gonna you know make a movie and charge thirty dollars for. It. I know, I know uh, you're probably losing money on it when you uh, sell it for super cheap. Um, because I don't know how much it costs to get everything out and all that stuff. So, yeah, you're probably going to lose money doing independent films. And you need, you know, that's yeah, just something definitely. that's going to have to, that's just how it goes, unfortunately. Yeah. But, uh, well, well, Samuel's put, uh, uh, Sam's putting out his movie, um, Violet, uh, which is really good. We haven't talked about that on the show, but that came out a while ago. But he was selling it for like $10. And sometimes he puts it on sale for 5 So, like... I, th- that's awesome when they do that. Yeah. So yeah, if you want to pick up Amityville Vibrator, they made 666 copies of it. Oh really? So, nice. Uh, get on that. I I don't think there's very many copies left. And then um, the next movie. Uh, this is kind of bizarre. This is an independent film. Uh, by a good friend of mine, uh, Robert Butler. Uh, he's he's a really um, popular Michigan filmmaker. Uh, we went to the film. We went to the same uh, film school together, up in Michigan. And uh, his movie is actually selling at Walmart. That's crazy. Uh, yeah, he's one of the few in- indie directors that I know that has their titles in Walmart. Now, sometimes um, Todd has his movies in Walmart, like Bone yeah. Hill. I think Bone Hill Road and Clown Nado were at Walmart. But, okay. Um, yeah, so this movie's Blood Immortal. Uh, when Rob was, uh, you know, when, when I was working with Rob in 2019, like talking to him and stuff like that, uh, I always knew it as Love Immortal. So if you go back to our past episodes and I, I ever mentioned a movie called Love Immortal, this is the same movie. Uh, due to marketing, I guess they put it as Blood Immortal. I think it's a better title, yeah, uh, than Love and Mortal. Uh, you know, it's it's a vampire movie, so Blood and Mortal makes sense. Yeah, works a little bit better, and then that way you know it's going to be a horror movie, right? And uh, so Blood and Mortal, you can pick it up at Walmart. It's got a slipcover. It's it's a really nice DVD. Uh, there's no Blu-ray release, but it's sort of a um, period piece that turns into a modern day vampire movie. Now, the period piece part of the movie is my favorite part. Like, that part is, like, incredible. They did a really good job on set, uh, wardrobe, everything. And it mm. has the uh, star from um, Kindergarten Cop. You know, oh, the bad, okay. The bad guy. Oh, yeah. He's in it. Huh. And so, um, that part's really good. But then, the movie kind of gets a little sluggish for me now if you're if you're really into uh and i actually am into uh economics and i find like politics and economics and all that kind of stuff really interesting 
But this vampire, who's like 300 years old or whatever, goes to college and uh, debates economic woes that America's facing currently. Oh, really? <laughs> so it kind of gets a little... Kind of gets a little slow there. Um, movies, the movie's still really good though, and the topics it does bring up about like economics and stuff like that is really interesting. I mean, like you'll be sitting there like, oh, okay, because it, it shows two sides of the coin without being biased towards any side. Oh, okay. Um, so it's really interesting. Hmm. Um, I think I think the main debate is basically one saying capitalism can't work. Here's why. And one saying, "Here's why capitalism works. Here's why." So, um, gotcha. I think the vampire was a pro-capitalist. So, hey, oh really? I, <laughs> huh. Hell yeah! But uh, so uh, I, that's not a dog at the movie at all. Um, it's just one of those things where I feel like that's going to turn some people off because some people don't really care about. Yeah, true. And then it is kind of silly that a vampire would go to college and debate economics. True. I guess, you know, who knows? When you're old, when you're 300 years old, you know, life gets... Yeah. Life can be a bore. Got nothing else to do, yeah. yeah. But, uh... <clears throat> and, uh... I think... I think that retails for like $10 or something like that. It's It's really inexpensive, so definitely check it out. Pick it up. It's really good. Robert Butler's a great guy. And, uh, he, you know, hopefully he's going to make future feature length films that are going to be even better. And we'll keep you posted on when those come out. But yeah, I tried to get Blood Immortal to screen at the skyline, but that it kind of fell through. Now, uh, I guess that ends our independent films, right? We don't have right. any other independent films yeah. to talk about. So, uh, in October... Criterion released a uh, movie with Burt Lancaster, and it it was uh, made in 1947. It's uh, Jules Dassin uh, directed it, and it's a really good prison film. It's kind of like a, <clears throat> I was kind of like an early predecessor to like. Um, Escape from Alcatraz or something like that. It's just a really oh, okay. good prison. It's is really it? more of like a prison life movie. Okay, so but it, not it, a prison escape movie. Well, it does turn into a prison escape movie towards the end. Okay, cool, cool. But uh, Burt Lancaster plays this like super laid back, cool as hell character, and everybody knows him and loves him in the prison. <clears throat> so that's kind of unique for a prison movie because usually, like prison movies, like this new guy comes in and he has to. Yeah, this is already. Like this him. almost like drops you in the middle of this movie. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but it's called Brute Force. I highly recommend it. It's just a really, really good uh, black and white prison movie, and uh, there are a lot of scenes that take place outside of the prison because people have like flashbacks of their past life and what got them into prison. So it's a little bit of a character study with it too. So. Really, really good. Definitely check that one out. Uh, special features are incredible. As always, I mean, it's Criterion. I don't really need to tell you that the uh, restoration process was insane. But it's got so- all sorts of documentaries and interviews and different things like that. But it's just a single-disc uh, Blu-ray. It's sort of the standard Blu-ray jewel case for the Criterion. But it does come with a, a really nice, uh, pretty thick book, actually. 
Cool. It's a lot thicker than usual. But yeah, uh, that might be one you might want to pick up during the uh, Criterion Barnes and Noble. Yeah, so. there you go. But yeah, and then the swimmer we already talked about it, uh, but the Blu-ray release is really good. Uh, you know, they got the uh, 4K restoration from the original negative, and like I said, they got that two and a half hour documentary and the bonus CD, which I have not listened to, so I'm gonna have, have to pop that in my car sometime. But yeah. Uh, Grindhouse, I kind of knew they were going to do this because they put out a standard Blu-ray release for The Swimmer, and I was like, I don't, you know, I don't really want to buy a standard Blu-ray release from, I mean, they even have, like, they even had, like, the standard blue jewel case. Oh, okay. I'm like, I don't know if I want to buy that. Yeah. And I was like, I bet you they'll come out with a better release someday. And they did. And you were right. And definitely pick this up. It's selling fast, guys, so... It might be one of those out-of-print titles. And I doubt they made a ton of copies of this because they probably didn't think too many people would care. But yeah, it's a Columbia Pictures film. It's really bizarre that Grindhouse put this out. Yeah. It's still baffling to me. But if this is a future Grindhouse, I mean, this is if this is the direction they're going, then I'm happy. Uh, you know, if they're expanding their horizon. Yeah. Um, which they are because, I mean, like the Duke Mitchell collection is even a little bit... Outside of their normal stuff. Right. And then I, I know we talk about it all the time. The Al Adamson box set. I did finish every movie on the set. So I just kind of want to give a really quick best of. So Psycho. Here's the ones you definitely want to watch. Psycho Go-Go. Uh, don't worry about watching Fiend with the Electronic Brain. Or Blood of Ghastly Horror. Or like any of the other cuts they did in that movie. Um. Uh, Blood of Dracula's Castle, of course. It's really good to watch. And um, Satan Sadist, I think we agree. That's probably the, oh, yeah. the best on the set. And uh, Naughty Stewardess was actually kind of good. Really? Like, I haven't seen that I one yet. I explain it. It was kind of like a really nice sex comedy, but kind of got a little serious towards the end. I liked it a lot. And uh, there was another one like Nurses for Sale or something like that. Girls for Rent. Or there's there's one where it's just a German film that Adamson added like a few extra scenes to. But that one was really, oh okay. That one was really good actually. Uh, I'm pretty sure that was Nurses for Sale, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I thought Uncle Tom's Cabin was really good. And School's Out, which was the Sunset Cove movie. That's that movie we've been wanting to watch for a long time. That movie is yeah. definitely, definitely check that one out. And uh, Carnival of Magic, surprisingly, is really good. And Lost. Hmm. The Lost film that they made. It's like a really good, it's almost like Homeward Bound. Oh, really? But instead of animals, it's like a little girl. Okay. But she's like trying to get home and runs into weird... Yeah, she gets herself into quad pickle. Yeah, I need to watch awesome. some of those titles. I think I've been watching the ones that are maybe not as high up on this. Yeah. Um, best of. Yeah, like the worst is like Halfway to Hell, I think was that. That's that black and white western. Oh, yeah. It took everything I had to make through. Even Don, who's like known for watching movies like, you know. He he said he didn't make it through. He couldn't make it through. <laughs> he just gave up on it. I I didn't give up on it, but it took me like four or five tries. 
Oh God! Because I kept falling asleep. And if I fall asleep during the movie, I always, I have to re, you know I have to start back from what last point I remember. Right. I don't. I don't sure. just go. Oh well. Well, I watched it. Yeah. So um, I think that's halfway to hell. Let me look at the actual pictures of the book of the movies here because that'll. Um. Yeah, so the Psycho of Gogo is the best cut because the other cuts are Fiend with the Electronic Brain and Blood of Ghastly Horror. And uh, I, th- I thought Psycho Gogo was just nice, tight, edited together. Yeah, Halfway to Hell is terrible. But Five Bloody Graves is like everything Halfway to Hell should have been. So Five Bloody Graves is probably his best Western. Yeah, that one's pretty decent. I watched that one. And then Horror of the one. Blood Monster is terrible. It's that oh god, it's like colorized it was a black and white movie that they try to colorize but it then is. they try to explain how it was colorized because they were saying there's this <laughs> ray there's this ray gun that every time you shot it you could produce either blue color or red color yeah it was a movie from the philippines or something y- yeah <laughs> yeah and um the fakers is really good and i like the song and that they they have in that but that was like a really good espionage movie and then hell's bloody devils is just um the same cut from the fakers, they just added in um, biker scenes, basically. Uh, Dracula versus Frankenstein is pretty lame. <laughs> Some people it is tell pretty you lame. it's good, but uh, yeah, it doesn't really have Dracula versus Frankenstein in it, except in that stairway. I think there, there was that fight they had, maybe. Yeah, uh, Hell's Wild Women is that Angels Wild Women is that movie we watched. Um, we were disappointed with it. Yeah, I remember, I remember, remember that. Kind of yeah. like, oh, we, our, I, I might high rewatch that one, though, again, because like my expectations were just so high yeah. that I was just inevitably be, probably going to be let down. So, Yeah, Naughty Stewardess. Uh, that movie actually was a gateway drug for me to get into stewardess movies. I found out. I watched a documentary that came with the... Uh, when, you, when you put in Naughty Stewardess, the uh, Blu-ray that's on the set, there's a... Uh, it's like a documentary. I think it's like an hour long. It's pretty long. Really? But it's about st- the stewardess genre. Yeah, see, I didn't even know that was a a thing, really. Yeah. In- until now. It's called Fly Girls. The stewardess says lifestyle icon in the golden age of exploitation films. So it's like a stewardess exploitation. There's like a ton of movies. And so I kind of yeah. went down that rabbit hole for a while. I watched a bunch of those. And kind of got into the stewardess movie. That was like a big thing in the 70s where, or maybe it was like 60s, where it was like they they over-sexualized stewardess. Yeah. Because they wanted guys to be like, they they made commercials that almost seem, made it seem like if you get our flight, you might get lucky and join the Mile <laughs> High Club. Kind of, You know what I mean? Like, yeah. They kind of they right. subconsciously made you think if you got on an airplane, you might be able to fuck a stewardess. Yeah. And so come so, but then of course that's, when that's they had crazy. the feminist movement like in the seventies and stuff, um, the stewardess oversexualized stewardess was like you couldn't do that anymore. Yeah, sure. So, um, yeah, that documentary might be the best thing on the on that Blu-ray for naughty stewardesses talking about all the movies. And then you got Blazing Stewardess, which was terrible. Uh, yeah, Girls for Rent, Nurses for Sale was the German movie. Um, it was actually a really good movie. I mean, it was Italian. I can who knows. 
And uh, Dynamite Brothers was okay. I mean, it wasn't anything too special. And and Mean Mother was okay. Uh, but Uncle Tom's Cabin's great. It it was another like foreign movie that it was. I think it was an Italian film that was based off of Uncle Tom's Cabin. Okay. And it was just a really good, straightforward um, adaptation. Yeah. Of Uncle Tom's Cabin, but then. Um, uh, Al Addison added in sex scenes. To oh, so it'd okay. be like if somebody took Gone with the Wind yeah. and added sex scenes. Wow. <laughs> but he edited in the sex scenes so well and it it, it like made sense actually. Like it, it, it fit in so well. It wasn't just like there. Really, huh? They did a really good job of like implementing it. Yeah. So I liked it a lot, yeah. But yeah, if you ever want to it's Uncle Tom's Cabin. I mean, if you've ever read the book, it's a pretty good adaptation yeah. of it. Uh, Black Samurai with Jim Kelly. It's okay. Uh, Death Dimension was okay. School's Out was awesome. Cinderella 2000. Whew. That movie was really weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, even for Al Adamson. Uh, Nurse Sherry's kind of like a horror movie. I... It, it was kind of forgettable. Carnival Magic. Me and uh, Curtis watched Carnival Magic outside at the Hours Drive-In Theater. And then, yeah, Lost. So, there you have it. That's that in detail. Um, so, we, you know, I've watched all the movies, watched all the special features. Now, Don, he's crazy. He's watched all the movies, and he's watching them all again with commentary. Oh. So, that'll be my next okay. step. Okay, wow. Yeah. That'll that'll be my next step. The good thing about watching movies with commentary is that you could be doing other things. That's if true. You've already seen the movie. Yeah. You could be working on, you know, other stuff. Yeah. And still listen and pick up on things. So. But yeah. If you haven't got that album since that, can you still get it? I don't think so. I believe it's sold out. Yeah. I don't. You can't get off Amazon. So. That sucks. Some of the movies are on uh, Amazon Prime, though. Looks like. But yeah, the Hemisphere Horrors box set I'd really like to get. Wow. Hey, that's back on the market, people. Hemisphere box set of, box of Horror is back on the market, even though Severn said it sold out and they were selling uh broke. So this Hemisphere of Horrors box set? Yeah, I remember I'm that. I'm probably going to buy that. I might just get that right now. But um, there's a big thing last Black Friday where they go, we're going to, it's sold out, it's out of print, but we're going to... um. Uh, sell some of the uh, damaged copies. Okay, sure. And that was another time where I tried to get a damaged copy because it was a lot cheaper, and I couldn't. So, hmm. yeah, I might pick up that Hemisphere box set. Anyways, uh, so that's it for that. Now, this next one's awesome. Uh, I haven't watched hardly any of the movies on it yet, though. But it, as you recall, a few years back, um, Arrow released a Herschel Gordon Lewis box set. And it was really big and expensive. I think it, I think it retailed for like hundred and something. Yeah, but it did. It does come with fourteen movies, or no? Yeah, it, so it comes with fourteen movies. You know, for hundred and some something bucks, not too bad. But is this giant? See, it looked like a cereal box coming with a bunch of books. Yeah, it's real heavy. Um, Curtis actually had had it for a while, and uh, I just wasn't a fan. I, I love Herschel Gordon Lewis, but I wasn't a fan of the set because I thought, man, like, where am I going to put that? 
Yeah. Basically. Right. And so what Arrow did a few, I think last month is when you could pre-order it. I just got this a few weeks ago is they created like a simplized version of that box set. So it's, it's your standard box set size that all their other Arrow box sets are. And it still comes with all 14 movies, all special features. It's just put into three jewel cases. And, um, yeah, it's fucking awesome. It looks great. looks really good on the shelf. And, um, yeah, the only movie I have... Now, I've seen, like, 2000 Maniacs, and um, I've seen The Gruesome Twosome, and I've seen The Wizard of Gore. So I've seen those in the past. I haven't okay. watched them yet on Blu-ray. I remember watching them on, like, really shitty quality. In fact, I think I saw Gruesome Twosome. On Full Moon Streaming. Oh, really? Because they had a lot of the Something Weird titles. Really? That's funny. And it was pretty bad uh, picture quality. But yeah. the movies I watched on this set so far, because I just got it, was Moonshine Mountain, because I was really excited to watch Moonshine Mountain. I love Moonshine movies. And it's a really good Moonshine movie, and it's also like a country music movie. Really? Huh. Yeah, because this country singer comes down and... They got this big still, and he, you know, he's playing music with them, and they're playing music, and it's it's almost like a musical, huh? Except the story doesn't progress with music; they're just playing music during the movie, during most of the movie. But yeah, if you like moonshine redneck movies, it's the ultimate exploitation film, basically. Hmm. Uh, so it's really good. And then I watched She Devils on Wheels, which was it was okay. Okay, it was like just a biker chick movie and they just fucking hate guys it was really awesome because it was like a uh, over sexualization of men it was like oh really <laughs> it was like as if men were being you know they were treating the men like they would you know like a stereotypical like i don't know prostitute or something like oh really <laughs> like these so the plot was these girls would race their motorcycles they were like drag race and um Whoever the winner was got the first pick, you know, so on, of the men that night. So they'd have, they're like, all right, line up, boys. And then the girl got to pick, you know, who she wanted. And the rules was you weren't allowed to get, like, sexually involved. Like, you weren't allowed to fall in love and stuff like that. And, of course, you know, there's this one girl does fall in love. And then right to prove that she's still part of the gang, she has to take her boyfriend tie him up to her motorcycle and like drive off with and, and like <laughs> that's kill, awesome basically kill him yeah uh and that part was awesome that's cool um and then there's this girl in it i don't know she looked like she was like 12 um they never did show her naked so that definitely makes me think she's at least under 18 but she's doing some pretty <laughs> she's like going up to guys and like grabbing their crotch and stuff and oh god and stuff like that so i was like ah i don't huh. know how i feel about that but yeah, it's an okay movie. Uh, nothing special. But yeah, that's all I've watched on that one so far, unfortunately. But definitely pick that up. You can get it from Arrow for like... Uh, I think I paid like 30-something for it. So hmm. it's yeah, I'll definitely have to, not uh, terribly bad. I'll have to pick that up. I guess I'll uh, segue into my Arrow release here, too. This is a very hefty uh, thing here. But the Gamera Complete Collection... Oh. It is very hefty because it is all of the Gamera movies, and a um, includes a big book with essays. It's got um, 
interviews. It's got um, the monsters. It's like an anatomy book. Like an of anatomy all the book, yeah, of the monsters. That was it's so cool. It's got um, all of the... And that's a the, paperback, right? Yeah, paperback. Um, it's got uh, the Gamera Comics Collection, which Dark Horse Comics actually put out a Gamera set, So, um, which is, I think, why this set is so huge. It's kind of justified a little bit, in my opinion, since it does come with comics. Yeah, it's like a big hardback collection of comics. Yep. Are any of those like what year? Earth? I like. Let me see. Is it like old, like school, like um, you know, like Japanese cartoons going into, or is it like more like newer? I don't think so. I think it's a little bit newer. Because <clears throat> the one, the comics I was looking at when I skimmed through it looked newer, but then I was like, I wonder if they had like an old comic made. They made like in the sixties. Mm, no. Okay. So they're they're ninety nineteen ninety six. Okay. So that kind of lines and up. And they're dark horse. The, they're all dark horse. They're thing. all dark horse comics, except for one. The first comic is some prequel that some guy did. That's like a fan. Oh, okay. Cool. Um, so that's pretty cool. And that's like a really big hardback. Yeah, it's a big hardback book. It's about really the size hefty. of uh, Watchmen, I would say. Yeah. The hardback of Watchmen. So I've I've read a few of them. I haven't finished it yet. But definitely excited to finish that. Yeah. And uh, also, of course, got the films. And uh, I would say Gamera's never looked so good. We uh, were watching a little bit of it earlier. Yeah, we did a, a DVD. Uh, we did a Blu-ray to DVD. Uh. Yeah, we did like a kind of a comparison. So I've watched the first uh, seven films, which is everything from the 60s to the 70s. The uh, studio, Dia Studios, actually went out of business in the 70s, went bankrupt. And then they resurged in the 80s and 90s. Yeah, so, and they were kind of like the cheap um, Toho. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the the essays kind of go into it. Basically, you know, they wanted to they wanted to put out a kaiju film to compete with Godzilla. And, yeah. like, no one would wanted to touch it. One guy figured, yeah, it'd be a good, good start for him. And then it took off and was a success every step of the way. But the studio, yeah. unfortunately, still mismanaged and the studio still fell you know fell and yeah Gamera was uh, so successful that Godzilla movies started copping off yeah. Gamera movies yeah they started <laughs> so. um, having the child protagonists in it and yep yep and yeah. uh yeah so the biggest difference between like Godzilla movies and Gamera would be it's, Gamera seems like it was more geared towards like kids yeah. Which I like about Gamera. Uh, but yeah, I'm always, I've always been a Godzilla fan. I've always been like, when I watch a Gamera fil- film, I'm thinking I could just be watching a Godzilla film. True. But that says awesome. Uh, we did do a DVD to Blu-ray comparison. Uh, it was night and day difference. And because I have the uh, DVD that Mill Creek put out. So yeah. if you're, if you're thinking about, if you think, I kind of want to check out these Gamera films, see if they're any good. Get the Mill Creek DVD, because I think it sells for like 10 bucks. Watch some of those movies. If you really dig them, get the box set, because the uh, Arrow Blu-ray box set. Because the biggest thing I noticed was um, it comes with theatrical cuts, uh, director's cuts, and um, U.S. cuts. Yep. 
So you can either watch the um, <clears throat> original Japanese theatrical cut, you can watch the director's cut, or you can watch the U.S. cut. And a lot of the times the U.S. cuts are longer um, uh, because they did the same thing that Godzilla did where... I don't, I don't know if I've ever even seen the original Japanese theatrical cuts of those movies. That's really cool. Yeah. Because I've always cool. seen where they add like an American in. Yeah, there are some very you know? cool cool scenes. They'll, the um the Gurion, the the knife head monster. Mm-hmm. There's a Japanese scene that they cut out for the US release and it's where he chops up Gauss into little pieces of sushi. Oh, uh, I I've heard it. about that. So that's I've heard about that. Pretty scene. pretty amazing. Yeah, so um the Mill Creek set the Mill Creek set may have only the Japanese cuts now I think about it actually. Because when we popped in that yeah. DVD, it was subtitles. It was subtitles. Yeah, we popped it in. So maybe yeah, it only right. has the... But either way, um, the Gamer DVD that Mill Creek put out, it, it has all the films, even the uh, new trilogy. But it's subbed, and you can't choose any other options. You can't choose a dub version. Right. And the picture quality looks like hot dog shit. <laughs> yeah. This was like... Now, Mill Creek, I'll give it to them. They've been doing better. Oh, yeah. Because they, they were always the company that was uh, quantity over quality. Mm-hmm. You you turn to Mill Creek if you wanted, like, 20 movies. But right. You knew they were going to look like shit. But they've gotten better. Um, And actually, the, the uh, 200 drive-in set that they put out, and that was, like, a long time ago, looks really good. Awesome. Um, But their Blu-rays they're putting out look really good. That Mothra Blu-ray they put out looked really good. Uh, so they're they're coming around, but yeah. If if you want the uh, cheap version, if you're not sh- you're kind of on the fence about camera, if you're not sure if you're gonna like it or not, just get the just spend ten dollars on the Mill Creek set. If you like it, upgrade yep. to the Aero set, and then of course Aero is probably gonna make a dumbed down version of it too. Yeah. Eventually. So yeah. So this is already so this is already basically sold out. This is super limited. Oh, okay. Well. The complete collection is anyway. <laughs> I mean, yeah. maybe they'll bring it back. Uh, this is actually, this is actually from the UK because the US was sold out by the time I got it, and it's region, it's region B, but it'll is listed as region B, but it plays in any. Blu-ray. Yeah, because I put it in my region free, free Blu-ray player, and I selected region A, and it worked. So. Yeah, so it works on region A, but they, I, it's either out already or they're planning on doing a standard edition. Yeah. So it'll be so you could definitely still get them on Blu-ray. Just won't get the comics and yeah, you some won't of the get the books stuff. and stuff, and it yep. won't look. Cool. But yeah, that's kind of the sister box set to the uh, Godzilla set. Yep, it's kind of the same size, everything, and it's perfect because how Criterion is to Arrow, Godzilla is to Gamera. Yeah, that's bit. a good point. I never <laughs> thought of that. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like the I don't know. Yeah, that's funny. But yeah, um, whereas God's everybody knows Godzilla. Everybody yeah. loves Godzilla, but then the Gamera is kind of like the ste- ugly s- stepchild that actually is just as good Yep. in some of the movies, but not as much talked about, which is exactly how Arrow is. That Hammer box set that Mel Creek's putting out is coming out, too. Have you seen that? It comes with 20 Hammer films. Yeah, that looks awesome. Unfortunately, I already have all those films that are in that set, so um, hmm. it doesn't do me any good. But if you are, you can get that. So the next big box set we're going to talk about were there any, what are the special features on that, by the way? I'd like to know on the Gamer Box set. Oh, yeah. There's a ton of them. Let me like, see if I can find a rundown of them. 
I would love to know if there's like a documentary I'm, or something. There's definitely a ton of essays, vi- video essays. Oh, Let me yeah. see if there's any. Yeah, uh, look, they already have the, uh, well, this is the Showa era collection. Yeah. Oh. So there's, they're divided into two. Uh, so this, so you can still buy. Oh, really? You can still buy the Gamera collection, the, uh, you nice. know, the complete collection, like what Harrison has with the books and everything. Um, okay. It's 179. Is that what you? That's about what I paid. Okay. Um, I paid 150 pounds. I probably paid a little bit more. So if you get I that. I didn't know it was still there. Still so, available. Well, okay. It's kind of not, but. Uh, you can buy it from Amazon, and they are temporarily out of stock, but are working on getting more back in stock. So um, Amazon actually is the only company that I would trust that with. Uh, they actually do. I, I've bought stuff from other websites, and they say we're out of stock, but we're gonna get more. And when we do, you know, we'll charge you and then send you the copy. Amazon's the only one that's ever actually done that. So interesting. Uh, you can trust Amazon as God's word, in my opinion. So. If you still want to get it, uh, you could. Now they they have made this uh, simplified version, but it's split into two box sets. So you mm-hmm. have the um, collection, you have the uh, trilogy, and you have the rest of the movies. Is how I understand that. Because the Showa era, yeah, you got everything from the '60s to the '70s before the studio went bankrupt. Well, maybe there's one from the 80s, too, that's mostly stock footage of the other films. So I think it would be those, and then it would be the next era of the trilogy. Okay. Because the Showa... I don't know Japanese eras that well, but I'm pretty sure the Showa era would be the early movies, right? Yeah, definitely. Because I remember the Godzilla Showa era. Showa era, yep. And I remember that was like the 60s and 70s, as I recall. So yeah, so it's just split up into two box sets, and they're both seventy two ninety nine. Um, I would probably go for the me personally. I would go for the two box sets because I don't have room for. Yeah, this thing is. It's gonna take up a lot of space. Now see it's my not sit uh, on the shelf. That's for sure. Put it on like a shelf or. Yeah. I can't. There would be no place for me to put it. But if you had like a. If you had like a shelf with like a little bit of headroom above it, you could just put on that. And oh yeah, be fine. Um, a lot of people were talking about how the uh, Godzilla Criterion box set would hold up as far as shelfware over time. Um, a lot of people were saying like the adhesive is coming off on some of their collections and stuff like that. Really, and a lot of people had turned to uh, putting them into jewel cases. Hmm. So, and there's yeah. companies actually that make the jewel cases for the Godzilla set. That's I cool. haven't had, I heard any complaints about the gamer set though, and it looks like it's pretty sturdy. Yeah, I think this one's gonna be pretty sturdy. So yeah, it's a really cool. Um, yep, I don't set. think I showed you this either. It's also got let's see, just another extra. Oh, it's like a hidden it's, Easter egg. Yeah, uh, if I can get it out. It's got a map of Japan. Oh, shit. That's cool. And it's got the different areas where Gamera... Invaded. Invaded Japan. So just another yeah, really cool... Yeah, uh, and that's actually really cool. Bonus um, feature thing. One thing that's really fun when I was growing up, it actually was probably 
help my love for Godzilla. But when I would watch Godzilla as a kid, my dad lived in Japan. That's cool. Uh, when he was a kid. And uh, he so he's able to say, like, this this is here. You know, he's able to kind of do, like, a little map of his own. Yeah. Um, of, like, where the movie takes place in, in Tokyo. And I always thought that was really cool because he's like, I went into that toy store that Godzilla's destroying, you know, and stuff like that. So I always do find that the the uh, geometry yeah. a, little, a little exciting. That'd be really cool. Um, but yeah. So, so is that out now or is that? Oh, it's a pre-order. Yeah, it's pre-order, pre-order. for the uh, camera. Split up into two. Gotcha. Man. Maybe I should get the camera complete. Well, I want. Where the fuck would I put that? Just hide it in a closet, I guess. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, now the uh, next box set has been something I've been waiting for all year. This has been my. This is my ultimate box set. Um, for me personally, this is my favorite thing I own. I guess probably, but um. Second Sight put out a 4K box set of Dawn of the Dead. And for the first time in its life, Dawn Dawn of the Dead has gotten the, uh, I guess, love it deserves. Um, Hopefully this stays in. I doubt it will, though. It seems like every time they put something out, Dawn of the Dead fucking goes out of print. The DVD was, like, mass-produced, but... The Arrow Blu-ray, yeah, like goes for like eighty dollars now, and um, all the everything they've ever put out uh, of Don that seems like it's out of print. They did a four K. There's another company that did a four K, and that's that's actually where I um, stopped dealing with Diabolic because I bought the um, Don of the Dead four K box set that came out like a year or two ago. Yeah, and uh. It got like severely damaged in uh, in shipping. It it got like stuck in a hurricane. Is what <laughs> they told me. Oh God! I forget. It was like a really famous hurricane at the time. I forget what it was God. called now. But anyways, so uh, they couldn't deliver it. And instead of like send me like another copy or whatever, they just s- send me my money back. That sucks. And then at that time, it's out of print, so I couldn't buy it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, it really sucked. Um, and they just, the, the, I, I tried to talk to them like, you know, I was like very, so, you know, like calm about it. I was like, Hey, um, is there any way I could just get like another copy or, you know, something like that that you, cause you, you know, they were selling it on their site. Yeah. I'm like give me another, you know, just give me another copy. And they were just like assholes to me. That and then sucks. by the time I got my money back and we figured everything out, it was out of print again. So it was like. You know, I, I don't deal Jesus. with Diabolic anymore. So I actually bought this from uh, Zaffy, which was great because I was able to pre-order this a month before anybody else that... I, I was able to pre-order this a month before Diabolic got it. And also, it came to me way before I saw anybody else posting about it. Nice. So, I got it real early. A lot of people were on there like, if you ordered from anybody but Diabolic, you're a dumb fucker. Blah, 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 blah. You know, you're never going to get your copy. But I did. So fuck them. But uh, this set... It's a lot similar to the uh, Amityville set where the top comes off. And inside you have these sort of like digi book type things. 
fold out. But you have, of course, the theatrical cut, the extended cut, and the Argento cut. And then you have the special features. Uh, the special features were great. Um, my favorite one on the special features was um, Tom Savini goes back to the Monroeville Mall. Oh, really? And he actually says, this is where this scene happened, this is where this scene happens, you know. That's cool. And it's, all, it's, it's the modern-day Monroeville Mall. It's the Monroeville Mall I saw. I think he must have been there just a few months before I was there. Really? Huh. Because I noticed a lot of kind of the same things. And I th- No, it was pre-COVID. Because oh, yeah, Because was sure. wearing a mask, I don't think. Right. So, but it was either early this year or last year that they must have made that. But, um, yeah, so it was... Tom Savini at uh, Monroeville Mall, and they were talking about all the changes that had been made since the movie had been made, and they were talking about the stuff that was still the same. And, um, but yeah, uh, and also, believe it or not, Diary of the Dead, or Document of the Dead, I always get those confused, because I think Diary of the Dead is an actual movie, it's really terrible. Um, Document of the Dead is this really good feature-length documentary that was made around... it? The footage was actually filmed on the set of Dawn of the Dead. Oh, nice. Yeah. But it was this really famous... I think Severin or somebody like that put it out a few years ago. But, I mean, it's like a... It's a standalone documentary that's really good. And you get, you get the uh, original version of that and you also get the new version where they um were the same guy i forget his name man I, I feel bad i forget his name but the same he he gets a pie to the face he's one of the uh, the zombies that gets a pie to his face oh okay he's the one yeah. that made the documentary but he came back and made a documentary for day of the dead land of the dead survival of the dead and diary of the dead and those are all included too hmm Nice. So I was really shocked that that was on there because those have gotten their own standard releases before. You know what I mean? Yeah. Those are their own movies. Nice. So they just included that. So that's really cool. Uh, now the CDs here, they've included. And then the the other special features like commentary with directors, you know, all sorts of stuff. Um, there's a lot of really good uh, special features. Hours and hours and hours worth. I mean, that it's its own Blu-ray disc, so it's definitely tons of hours of special features. Now, the uh, next digi book is like a um, CDs. So the original soundtrack by Goblin CD is the first one. That's all the Goblin music from front to back. You, you, the songs that weren't included, even the songs that weren't included in the theatrical cut of Donna did. And then um, you have. Um, they call it the library compilation part one and two, but these are disc one and two. These are kind of the, the, uh, com- the library compilation part one is all the songs, uh, from the theatrical cut of Donald Dead. So like all the songs that were composed for Donald Dead that weren't Goblin. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Okay. And then the second part it disc is all the weird musical cue songs and stuff. Um, they're like featured for like a few seconds in the movie, but they actually have like a full extended version of the song. But oh. it's like musical cues. Uh, they have the gong, that song that do 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 Oh yeah. That, that, that's included. <laughs> like all the weird mall music. 
is included in the second disc along with like musical cues. Damn. And then the first disc, the the first library compilation um, just has like all the music that actually plays, like um, like that redneck song that plays. Yeah, I remember that one. Uh, like I'm a man or something like that now or something like that. And uh, those are really good. Now, um, as far as the different cuts of the movie, you know, I prefer the theatrical cut. Uh, the extended cut adds a few more scenes. Not really worth it. The scenes are just kind of, you know, it's almost yeah. like watching deleted scenes. Gotcha. Uh, you can see why they got rid of it. And then the Argento cut, I absolutely hate. I, I even realized, I thought maybe I was a little hard on it when I said that earlier, but um, I watched it twice just recently, like this week, and I, I hate it. <laughs> oh, really? Uh, the big problem is, yeah, they add the goblin music, but it's almost like they just play music over the scene. There's no musical cues. There's no change in music unless the scene changes. Yeah. That sucks. So remember when they shoot the, the car, the the rednecks, they shoot that car and it explodes. Yeah. And the music changes. It's like it's more haunting. Like the musical cues that are in the theatrical cut are perfect. Like they're so good. In the Argento cut, he's just adding music. And then I know I noticed uh, for the first time that there's a lot of scenes where like people are talking, but their mouth isn't moving. So when so when Wooly goes, uh, "Come on, you dumb bastards, come and get him," his mouth doesn't move at all. Oh god, it's hilarious. And then like his pitch is like higher, like it's almost like they turned the pitch of his voice up. So he's like, "Come on, you dumb bastards, come and get him." What the hell? <laughs> it's like it's terrible. Um, but yeah, it 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 seems so flat without the musical cues. Like I can't really explain it, but the music's playing, and yeah, it's really good. Like the Goblin soundtrack's incredible. But it's in these really stupid parts. And then the one part where I was like, oh, shit, the music's getting good right here is when um, is when Roger's riding the escalator down. You know, he slides down the escalator. They're playing that um, really upbeat, like, fast-paced, like, action music song. Um, but then it just comes to, and then, like, you're like, oh, shit, that was kind of cool. But then it just came to, like, an abrupt stop. It's like yeah. somebody just pressed stop on the CD. And then it changes to this, you know, so it's like, it's like every scene, every new scene, the music changes. And that's the only cue, musical cues you got. So it's terrible. It's really bad. You, you just kind of have to watch it to explain that. But yeah, just stick to the theatrical cut. But I mean, if you're going to get this box set, you got to watch all the versions of it. And then it comes with the uh, novelization of Dawn of the Dead. And... It comes and that's like paperback, and then it comes with the hardback uh, dissecting the dead, which is just a bunch of um, essays about the movie. And uh, yeah, I mean this set worth every penny. I paid like a hundred and some dollars for it, and uh, my box set is in mint condition. A lot I've seen a lot of people posting about like it's all smashed in. Yeah, and shit. It has some dents in it. Yeah, mine has nothing wrong with it at all. Really nice looking, but yeah, all those are 4K. The 4K looks incredible. This is the best Dawn of the Dead has ever looked. Um, you still got the grain and stuff, so it's not like weird. There's no weird colorization they tried to do to it or anything like that. Yeah, um, it's just it looks really good. It, just, it looks it looks exactly what I imagined the 35 millimeter print looked like for like the first second they showed it. Nice. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it looks really good. I mean, it's definitely worth the upgrade. 
for Don. Very nice. Especially if most people probably only have the DVD. Yeah. I imagine because the Blu-ray is pretty rare. So, uh, yeah. I would definitely recommend getting Dawn of the Dead from Second Sight. That's probably going to, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, jump the gun or anything, but that might be our best release of, or that might get our flippy for best release, maybe, so. But anyways, guys, uh, it was good chatting with you, and uh, we're going to get off here, and we'll see you on the flip side. those holes not in my belts i wet my pants again i need some new pants we'll just have a bunch of them ready for me i need a bunch of dry pants give me a towel too please yeah now